Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and today we're wrapping up our series called 10 Powerful Men. Have you ordered yours yet? You can order it by going online or giving us a call right now. The series is called 10 Powerful Men. It's been me and Denise. By the way, Denise, welcome to today's program. Thank you, Rick. I'm glad to be with you. You look really pretty. Thank you. But my friends, this is such a good series, and it will encourage you in your own walk of faith. And in this series, we talk about Noah. That was good. Abraham, the mistake-making father of faith. Samuel, a child who became a national prophet. David, a teenager who took down a giant. Daniel, a man who served God in many administrations into his elderly years. Then we talked about Joseph, the foster father of Jesus. Then Peter, then Paul, then Timothy. And today we're going to wrap it up with the Apostle John and Denise. It's going to be so good. And it comes with a study guide. Please order these today. It's the last day that we're offering it on the program. And we're also offering right now the book, and today is the last day, called All the Men of the Bible. It contains more than 3,000 Bible names. This is a resource you will use again and again and again. And I want to remind you about our new autobiography. Have you ordered yours yet? You're just going to eat it up. It is just riveting to read this story, even though it's our story. When I went back and read it after the book was printed, I was stunned at some of the things in this story, Denise. And it's a true life story. It's our story. And it's not just a story, but it's also filled with a lot of teaching. But it's called Unlikely, Our Faith-Filled Journey to the Ends of the Earth. Please order yours today at our website or give us a call and it's being offered at a radical discount. And for those who become partners with our ministry, and a partner is anyone who financially regularly gives to our ministry to help us take the teaching of the Bible across the world. Everyone does not have available to them what you have available to you. There are people out there saying, God, please send me someone with teaching that I can trust. And that's our job to take the teaching of the Bible to people that are famished for it. And when you become a partner, you help us take this living water to them. What a powerful thing for you to do. And if you're already a partner, thank you. If you're not a partner, please become a part of our partner family. And the moment we hear from you that you want to become a partner, we're going to send you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. And we're going to send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone, which is dedicated to our partners. The subtitle says, How to Survive, Thrive, and Overcome in the Midst of Difficult Situations. You can do it. You just need to know how. And that's what this book is about. And please remember that if you need prayer, we want to hear from you. We believe in prayer. We are people of prayer. And the moment you tell us how to pray for you, we're going to begin to really release our faith for God to move in your life. Just tell us how to pray by calling us or sending us an email. The moment we hear from you, we're going to release our faith for God to move. But Denise and I will be back in just a moment. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Today we're going to wrap up this teaching and we're going to be looking at the life of the Apostle John. And Denise, it's going to be good. Rick, it's going to be rich. 
it is. And let's begin with our anchor verse, which is in 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. Do you have your Bible? We always use the Bible in this program, so reach for your Bible. But in 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9, the Bible says, oh, I love this. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Denise, can't you just imagine God scanning the globe, his eyes running to and fro throughout the whole earth. Why? To show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him which means God is really looking for someone that he can reveal himself to and through whom he can work. And today we're going to be looking at the story of the Apostle John and we're going to begin in Matthew chapter 4. So open your Bible to Matthew chapter 4 where we read about John and his brother. And the Bible says, And going on from thence, he, that's Jesus, saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, that's the apostle John, who was a very young boy at that time, in a ship with Zebedee and their father mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. The word immediately in Greek means immediately, right in that very moment, instantly they begin to follow him. And the word follow means to habitually follow as a partner. From that moment forward, John and his brother begin to travel with Jesus. But we know that John and his family were from a fishing village on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And because of another scripture, we know that they were quite a prosperous family. The Bible tells us that Mark's family had hired servants. That phrase would only be used to describe somebody that was prosperous. But after joining Jesus' ministry, John traveled extensively with Jesus. And when John wrote his gospel, which is the gospel of John, it's interesting, Denise, that he never refers to himself by his own name. When John writes about himself, he always calls himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. He was so impacted by the love of Jesus. That's how he wrote about himself. I'm the disciple that Jesus really loved. And in fact, John referred to himself that way five times in the gospel of John. And my favorite is in John chapter 12, verse 23, where the Bible says, now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. We know when you first read that, it seems kind of strange if you think this was a full-grown man leaning on the chest of Jesus. But in fact, John was just a young teenager at this time. Jesus was his Lord. Jesus was his master. Jesus was his teacher. He was following Jesus, but Jesus was like a father to him and like an elder brother to him. And this is such a beautiful picture of John being so deeply impacted by his relationship with Jesus and the love that he felt from Jesus. And five times in the gospel of John, John refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. In John 12, 23, John 19, 26, John 22, John 21, 7, and John 21, 20, he calls himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. That is how impacted he was by the attention and the love of Jesus. And John was with Jesus at many significant moments. For example, John was with Jesus when Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead. 
John was present on the Mount of Transfiguration and saw Jesus transfigured there. John was present in the Garden of Gethsemane the night that Jesus was arrested. Wherever Jesus was, John was. He faithfully followed Jesus and he became a very notable leader in the early church. In fact, he became such a notable leader in the early church that even the apostle Paul recognized his position and his spiritual authority. And Paul refers to it in Galatians chapter 2, verse 9, where Paul writes, And when James and Peter and John, who seemed to be pillars, he calls John a pillar of the faith and a pillar of the church in Jerusalem. But later in life, John's ministry really changed. And John's role was uniquely different from all of the other apostles because of something that happened when Jesus was dying on the cross. And when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he looked and saw his mother. And standing at his mother's side was John. And the Bible tells us in John 19, verses 25 through 27 in the New King James Version, now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, that's John, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And he was referring to John. And Jesus was saying to Mary, This is now your son. Then he said to that disciple, Behold, your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her into his own home. And Denise, I just love this about Jesus. Because when Jesus was hanging on the cross, literally bearing the sins of the human race, absorbing in himself all the sicknesses and diseases of the human race, nevertheless, he had his mind on his mother. He wanted to make sure his mother was taken care of. And it tells me that we need to take care of our parents. Jesus is our example. He was thinking about how to take care of his mother, and we need to think about how to take care of our parents. But in that moment, he entrusted the care of his mother into the hands of the Apostle John. And early church history confirms that from that moment forward and to the end of her life, John cared for Mary. And when he and the other apostles were scattered from Jerusalem between the years 37 and 44. John left Jerusalem and began to minister in various parts of Asia and took Mary with him, possibly settling in the city of Ephesus around the year 67. And that is significant because it was in the year 67 that the Apostle Paul was beheaded by Nero in Rome. And when the Apostle Paul was beheaded, suddenly there was a leadership vacuum for all of the churches in Asia. And Asia was where the work of God was thriving the most. Well, because John had settled into Ephesus, he stepped into that leadership role, which formerly had belonged to Paul. And the Apostle John began to provide spiritual leadership to all the churches of Asia. And we know that he settled into a house that was built on top of the hill just above the temple of Artemis. And he lived there, Denise, for 27 years before he was arrested. For 27 years. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. And he cared for the Virgin Mary until the time of her death. 
And Eusebius, the early Christian historian, wrote that John lived there in that house on the hill above the temple of Artemis. In the year 180 AD, a bishop from Lyons, France, named Irenaeus, Irenaeus recorded that John lived there and even wrote his gospel in his home there. There are so many sources we could name that confirm that John lived in that house on that hill just above the temple of Artemis, and he lived there with a small Christian community. Now, you may ask, why didn't he live directly inside the city of Ephesus? Because he was providing spiritual leadership to all the churches of Asia, and all of the pastors needed to have direct contact with him. If he had lived inside Ephesus itself, every time they came to see him, it would have placed their lives in jeopardy. So John moved outside of town where the local government didn't have as much scrutiny and they allowed people to have more freedom. And in fact, he lived on the top of the hill just above the temple of Artemis. Now, friends, you may have heard that your neighborhood is dark and spiritually dim, but can you imagine living above the temple of Artemis? I've been there many times. And from where John's house was, he literally looked right onto the roof of the temple of Artemis, which was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. It was so huge. And from his house, he could hear the eerie music coming out of that temple. He saw the smoke billowing into the air right in front of his front door coming from the temple. And that is where John lived. But it was a perfect camouflage because he was kind of behind the scenes. And in that environment, pastors begin to come to receive direction and spiritual encouragement from the Apostle John. And it was from that location that he directed all the churches of Asia. That is just amazing to me. And later, a church was built on the site of John's tomb. And then later, the Emperor Justinian built a massive, massive cathedral there. It was the second largest church building in all of Asia after Hagia uh, Sophia, which is in Constantinople or Istanbul. But suddenly John was arrested about the age of 90. While he was living in that house, there was a knock on his door and Roman soldiers showed up to arrest him. And he was eventually transported to the city of Rome where he stood trial before the emperor Domitian. But before we talk about his arrest, let's talk about the emperor Domitian. Domitian became emperor in the year 81, and by the year 93, he had become totally crazy. He was so obsessed with himself and his own deity that he declared that he was Lord and God. Well, other Roman emperors were worshipped and deified after their death. But Domitian said, that's no fun. I want to enjoy that while I'm alive. So he declared that he was Lord and God, and in fact, even began to develop a whole cult of worship around himself with a whole priesthood, and people all over the Roman Empire were commanded to drop to their knees before his image, and every time they walked past his statue, they were to burn a pinch of incense to recognize his deity and his godhood. And right in the middle of Ephesus, there was a square, which was called Domitian Square. And in that square, his father Vespasian had begun to build a big, big building in memory of the Flavian dynasty, which was Domitian's family. But Vespasian died, Titus died, and 
Domitian said, hey, I'm going to turn that into a temple of Domitian. And it became the first official temple of Domitian in the whole Roman Empire, which tells us this cult of Domitian really thrived and flourished in the city of Ephesus. And it seems that one day John may have been in the city of Ephesus and walked past a statue of Domitian, didn't bow his head, did not burn a pinch of incense. Somebody saw it. And when he went home, there was a knock on his door. And when he opened his door, there stood Roman soldiers who chained him, shackled him. And when Domitian heard that a living apostle was still alive, he said, I personally want to try him. So John, about 90 years old, possibly even 92, was put on a ship and was taken to the city of Rome where he stood trial before the emperor Domitian. And we know exactly what took place because it is recorded by the Christian writer Tertullian who tells us that John was brought before the emperor Domitian and Domitian commanded him to burn incense to the gods and to burn a pence of incense to himself and to declare that Domitian was Lord and God. And by the way, if you want to read the whole story about this, which is just riveting, you need to order my book, which is called A Light in Darkness, because it's all in this amazing book. And you ought to have this book anyway. This is a book that you need to have in your home. It is like an encyclopedia of the first century and everything the believers faced. You will love this book, and it's fully illustrated. But John said, I'm not going to do that. So Domitian gave the order for John to be thrown into a vat of burning oil. Well, to be burned in oil is terrible. It's just terrible. But the way they did it made it even worse. They would bind an individual and they would lower him a little bit of at a time into the oil rather than just dump him into it. First, they put his feet in it and made sure that his feet boiled, and then they'd lower him a little more where he could boil up to his knees and a little bit more where he could boil up to his waist. It was a very slow boiling process. Well, this is what they did to the Apostle John. They finally put him fully into the oil, and when they put the flesh hook in to drag his skeleton out, Tertullian tells us that John came out of that oil riding on that hook completely unscathed, <laughs> completely preserved by the power of God. And it so terrified Domitian, he had never seen anything like this. He said, get this man out of my sight, exile him to the Isle of Patmos, which was the worst island prison in the first century. It was the Alcatraz of the first century. So eventually John found himself on a ship being sent to the Isle of Patmos. Denise, this was a man that had never been arrested he had never had a legal squabble. He had done nothing wrong for 27 years. He had lived quietly in that house on the top of that hill, serving God's people. And now he finds himself being sent to the Alcatraz of the first century. It is amazing. And when he arrived on Alcatraz, he arrived not as a common criminal, but as a political prisoner. And political prisoners, when they were released on Alcatraz, had to fend for themselves. They were given no food. They were given no water no clothes, no place to live, and most political prisoners died of exposure on the island of Patmos. But John found a cave on the top of a hill, and guess where it was, Denise? Interesting, it was directly below the temple of Artemis on Patmos.
So in Ephesus, he lived above the temple of Artemis. On Patmos, he lived under the temple of Artemis. It's like he couldn't get away from the temple of Artemis. And he moved into that cave with his assistant. And it was there in that cave that he received the book of Revelation when Jesus appeared to him. And for that reason, to this day, it is called the cave of the Revelation. All of that is what happened to John. And that is why John writes in Revelation 1, verses 9 to 11, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. But notice he says he was in the isle. That's because he was in this cave. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I'm Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, unto Pergamos, unto Thyatira, unto Sardis, unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And John began to write the book of Revelation, which he was receiving directly from Jesus. But in the year 96... Domitian was assassinated. And when Domitian was assassinated, everyone that had been wrongfully imprisoned was granted amnesty. And at that moment, John was released from the Isle of Patmos. And Denise, by this time, he was about 95 years old. That is amazing. But by the time that he left Patmos, he had wasted no time there. Great miracles had been conducted on Patmos. He had established a church on the island of Patmos. And the early records, which you can still see on the island of Patmos, tell us that when John boarded his ship to sail back to Ephesus, the believers that had been saved came to the shore to bid him farewell. They loved this man. And John sailed home to Ephesus where he moved back into his house on the top of the hill outside of Ephesus, just above the temple of Artemis. And while he was living there late, late in life, he wrote the gospel of John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. He was used by the Lord to the very end of his life. And it seems that John died when he was more than 100 years old. That is amazing to me. But what an example of how God will use anyone who's willing to follow Jesus. And when Jesus saw him, Jesus called him and immediately left his nets and followed Jesus and followed Jesus to the end of his life, a powerful man that God used. We'll be back in just a moment. Men are supposed to be powerful, but today men everywhere feel like they're under attack and even being attacked for simply being men. There's no doubt about it. The devil is after men. But when a man's heart is touched by God, he can embrace his calling as a man and his God-given roles in the family and in the nation. In this amazing series, 10 Powerful Men, Rick Renner will show you that even though there's no such thing as a perfect man, if any man will let God touch his life, he can become powerful. In this series, you'll learn about a man who didn't communicate right with his wife, a mistake maker who became the father of faith, an emotional man Jesus chose to be a leader, a murdering man that Jesus turned into an apostle, and so much more. This encouraging 10-part series will help any man embrace who God has made him to be, and it will help every man, teenager or boy, know that God has anointed him to be the best man he can be. Available in digital or physical formats, this series is available starting at just $20. And today, we're offering the 384-page book, 
All the Men of the Bible by Herbert Lockyer for just $19. This invaluable book describes the monumental feats of men named in the Bible and thousands of unnamed men who also carried out monumental achievements in their lifetimes. Don't miss this special offer, the 10-part series, 10 Powerful Men, and the book, All the Men of the Bible by Herbert Lockyer. Call the number on your screen or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. on daily television, the calls have increased in an amazing way. We are hearing from people who had never heard of Pastor Rick Renner or the ministry before. And so as they are watching, they're sharing that with friends and the word is beginning to spread in a greater capacity than we had seen before, as well as when people are getting to watch the broadcast. They hadn't seen at time, in times past because of the time slots or different things, but we're noticing more and more are actually able to catch the programs and then record and be prepared ahead of time to rewatch those programs. We're getting so many more calls for the resource material and even the, the people that call in for whatever series it is, whatever book they're looking for, um, then they also receive prayer as well. And a lot of the people who have already called in to order material, they know they're going to get prayer too before they hang up. I mean, it, it's just something we do, it's something we always offer after every caller calls in and they're expecting it. And that's just what we do, that's what we're here for. My friend, it is so exciting to see the lives that are being touched by the teaching of the Bible. Our ministry is exploding and we really need your help. So I'm asking you today to please pray about becoming a part of the giving team for our ministry expansion project. I have so enjoyed teaching this series, Denise, called 10 Powerful Men. And today is the last day that we're offering this series on the program. So if you want to order yours, you need to do it today. And you can do that by calling us or going online. And be sure to get the study guide that goes with it. And today is the last day that we're offering the book called All the Men of the Bible. It contains more than 3,000 names of men in the Bible. It is an amazing resource. And because I mentioned this today, I want to mention it again. I have my book, which is called A Light in Darkness, Seven Messages to the Seven Churches. This is an amazing book. It's like a coffee table book. You'll look at it and look at it and look at it. And don't be afraid of the size because it's a reference book. You don't have to read the whole book at once. But I guarantee you, this is a book that you will use and use and use. It'll be the go-to book to find out what was going on in the early church in the first century, you will just eat it up. And what I shared today about the Apostle John and his time on Patmos was just a little brief portion from this amazing book. So please order yours today. And remember that if you need prayer, we are here to pray for you. And Denise and I want to pray for you right now. But if you have a specific prayer need, give us a call. 
or send us your email and we're going to release our faith for God to do something mighty for you. But Father, we thank you that we have been able to share this time in the Word of God. We thank you that just like John immediately followed you, we can follow you. And you will use anyone that will follow you. Lord, we know that your eyes are searching to and fro in the earth, looking for someone to use and to show yourself strong to. And Lord, we each say, here we are, Lord. We're the ones. Show yourself strong to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power. Thank you for watching this broadcast. For more information on product resources or to learn how you can partner with this ministry, please connect with us at renner.org. Also, please be sure to visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.